The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler, and I am the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we are serving in Wesley Chapel, Lakeland, Tampa, and Brandon. Conexion is our Spanish-speaking congregation, and we also recently started a service in St. Pete, which currently meets once per month. It is an honor to speak to the listening audience of AM570 and 910WTBN, Tampa Bay's Christian Talk. Let's begin with prayer. Father, I thank you and I praise you. O Lord, you are our God. And there is none else. We trust in you. We seek your face. And we long for your justice, for the things that you desire in this world to come about. Lord, help us to get on your program Let let us be directed by you, and then let us be your disciples, Father, and carry out your word in this world. So, Lord, I pray for this program to reach hearts, to reach lives, to make a difference so that people would come closer to you, have more faith, and depend on you for all things. We bless you, thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen and amen. Well, good morning, good morning. And uh, I would just like to mention before we continue our talk about our personal prayer life, I'd like you to remember that I have this 12-page booklet about prayer. So for any kind of love gift this month, just ask for this booklet and we'll send it out free. You can call our office at 813-831-5673, or you can go to our website, Heart of Messiah. Now, uh, before we talk about prayer, I just want to make mention that uh, the U.N. hosted on this past Wednesday a, a mission to mark 70 years of the liberation of Auschwitz, which was one of the death camps in World War II. So we know this as the Holocaust or part of the Holocaust. So I'd ask that you would say uh, prayers today even for the surviving families that lost so many of their loved ones. And then consider As they did in the U.N., they had speakers which talked about why have we failed at preventing genocide and how can we change that? Well, my answer to that would be prayer. Because only God can change the hearts of people. Wouldn't you agree? So let's pray about these world events. Let's pray about what is going on around us. Let us pray that 
it, we can make a difference on our knees while walking or whatever position we're in as we pray. Let us pray. Last week, we talked about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which says, I know the plans that I have in mind for you, declares Adonai, plans for shalom and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. Once you get that hope, then verse 12 comes into play, because when you have hope, then you will call on me, Yeshua, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And that's what prayer is all about. Searching for the Lord with all our heart and calling upon him and praying, and he will listen to us. We need to have that kind of hope. I believe that, as I mentioned last week, prayer is a conversation with God. It is directed to him. It can be out loud. It can be in our hearts, contemplative. But it's a pouring out of our, uh, from our soul, a praising and thanking him and repenting before him and using the authority that he gives us to, to rebuke the enemy and to uh, have intercession and requests. So it's, it's fairly broad. Prayer must also be offered in faith that God is and is the hearer and answerer of prayer, and that he will fulfill his word. And uh, this week, I'd like us to consider for the understanding of how we are to pray and, and the fact that we need to pray with faith and consistently, because some people question this. But we see specifically in Luke 18, verse 1, Then Yeshua told them a parable to show that they should always pray and not be discouraged. People stop praying, right, because they are discouraged. They say, well, I haven't seen the answer, so why should I continue? Well, this is what Yeshua says in verse 2. There was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor respected people. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my opponent. He was unwilling at the time, but afterward he said to himself, although I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so she won't wear me out by her incessant coming. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge is saying. Won't God do justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will quickly give them justice. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So the question was, of course you should pray and continue day and night until you get the answer. But the real question is not a questioning of God. It's God questioning us. Do you have faith? Will God find faith on this earth? And how will we know if we have faith? By our consistent prayer believing and trusting in God for amazing things to happen. 
Last week, I talked to you about prayers of Abraham, Samson, Daniel, Nehemiah, Paul. And then we looked at Yeshua's prayer in John 17, uh, which is uh, the entire chapters on prayer. And in Luke 6, where Yeshua went to a mountain to pray, to be alone, and prayed all night. And we see Luke 28, Yeshua took Peter, John, and Jacob with him to the mountain to pray. And, and Matthew 6, 5 through 13, talking about the Lord's Prayer. Now, obviously, there are different ways to pray because the Lord's Prayer is short, and Yeshua praying all night would probably be quite long, right? Yes. So I mentioned the beginning of the program. I have this 12-page pamphlet. It's called Prayer for One Hour. It's based on Matthew 26 in 40 and 41, where Yeshua says to Peter, So couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeshua gives us a reason to pray consistently and long periods of time so we will not enter into temptation. Is that a good enough reason to pray? Whether you get your answer the way you want it or not, but if God promises you, and this is Yeshua speaking, that keep watching and praying so that you won't enter into temptation, that should be enough. We say in Passover, we have a phrase, dayenu, it means it would have been enough. And I believe we need to say here, Dianu, it is enough. But let's go over some of the parts of prayer we talked about. We began this last week. The first one, praise, adoration, and thanksgiving or worship. Secondly, repentance. Third, forgiveness. Fourth, rebuking the enemy. Fifth, listening. Six, pray for self. And seventh, intercede for others. Let's look at each of these parts of prayer. By the way, by the time you hear this program, uh, many people in our congregation will have been out praying with people at the family or the children's Gasparilla Parade, and we are going to do it again at the adult parade on the 31st. We're going out there, and we're going with tracks just giving a scripture verse and saying, this is why we pray. It's, it's Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my strength and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And at the bottom it says, this is why we pray. And we're going to give this out and ask people if we can pray for them. And then share the Lord, obviously, if that seems appropriate at the time. In fact, if you'd like to join us, feel free. I mean, it's it, there are hundreds of thousands of people there. We certainly won't reach all of them. And uh, so we want to put prayer as a high priority for you and I. So praise and adoration is telling God how great he is, telling God why he is so great, and thanking God for what he has done. So that's number one. Let's look at number two today. Repentance. 
We need to repent before God. Yes, we should repent before the people we've hurt, but let's start with God. This is what David did. This is King David when when he had the terrible sins that he committed by getting Uriah killed and sleeping with his wife. And when Nathan finally gets King David to see his sin, we see Psalm 51 penned. And it says, Oh Lord, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. See, King David had a great attitude of repentance. So he understood he wasn't blaming anybody else for what he did. He didn't say, well, she was so pretty, I couldn't help myself. Or, you know, it was her fault as she was, um, I could see her from my rooftop. And, And so, you know, there are all these reasons but that was not what he was saying. And, and he was saying, Lord, my sin is ever before you, Lord. And I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I understand whatever judgment you have for, against me, you know, I know I will receive it. And then in verse 5, he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So it, it wasn't just that I've sinned this one time. I've, I've sinned dramatically. In verse 6, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being and in the hidden part. You will make no known wisdom. Purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And it continues Psalm 51. We won't read all of it, but it's it's an admitting of our sin to God, asking God for forgiveness. Now, the key here is when you pray, when you for, you ask God to forgive you and uh, you you have admitted your sin, you have to be able to receive God's cleansing, okay? Uh, You have to receive it by faith, just like everything else. So God has washed you clean, and you must receive emotional healing for your life. He's taken away your guilt, and as Yeshua said, go and sin no more. In 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Look, this is a key to spiritual health. We pray, we ask God for forgiveness, 
and then we are clean. Number three, okay, the first one was the praise, second one was um, repentance, the third one is forgiveness. Now, you think we spoke about forgiveness, but we didn't speak about you forgiving others. And this is a dramatic, uh, so important uh, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God and Messiah forgave you. You will not be washed clean until you forgive others. In Mark 11.25 it says, And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. So Mark 11 talks about when you pray, forgive the people who you have something against. But we also see that in Matthew 5, it says, if you're presenting your offering at the altar and remember that your brother has something against you, leave the offering there before the altar and go first. Be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. In Matthew six fifteen, it says, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This is a key to spiritual health. And I want to see people who are healthy, who can pray and and receive God's gifts and, and live an abundant life. And this is such a strong key to that. You must, must forgive people. You cannot be talking about what they did. Uh, somebody emailed me today. Uh, well, no, a few days ago, excuse me. And and they were so enraged because when they mentioned to this Christian person that they should be keeping the Sabbath and the person said, you're being legalistic. And, and then they started writing these notes to different people, including myself, saying how this person was so bad and so on. This is not what we're called to. We are not called to correct each other's theology. We're called to bring people to know Yeshua and his love and his forgiveness and his grace. And God will take care of the theology. And you say, but what? Well, don't, don't even go there. Just understand the power of God and trusting in him and He has called us to bring people who are lost to Yeshua. We will not have time to do that if we do not forgive. Number four, rebuke the enemy. Now, some of you might think, oh, well, this is a little hokey. This is a little... No, no, not at all. We are taking authority over the spiritual entities that are against God. If you believe that God exists, if you believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, then you have to believe that there are forces, spirits, whatever you want to call it, the devil, Hasatan, Satan, that are the princes of this world who are fighting against what God wants to do here. 
And so we are rebuking the enemy. We are taking authority over this. Look, in in the book of Jude, Uh, Chapter 1, verse 9, it says, When the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. In Matthew 17, 18, Yeshua rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Matthew 4, 10, Then Yeshua said to him, Be gone, Satan! For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. It is scriptural to take authority. Yeshua said that we have been given the authority. Let us use the authority. Number five, we need to listen in our quiet time. We need to listen for what God has to say to us. You remember the story in 1 Samuel 3. Uh, It's such a great story that that the Lord calls Samuel again uh, and again and again, and and Samuel doesn't have a clue. And so he arises and goes to Eli and says, hey, you called me. Here I am. Finally, after the third time, Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. And Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down. It shall be if he calls you that you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. The Lord came to Samuel and called him, Samuel, speak, your Lord, uh, your servant is listening. And that's what we've got to do in our quiet time as well. Speak, Lord, I am going to listen. And then silence has to ensue. And just listen and let God speak to your heart. Number six is pray for yourself. And in this prayer booklet, uh, of praying for one hour. Let me read to you the first paragraph of it, just so you get a sense of, of uh, I think, the power in this. And, and by the way, this is taken from a book, and I have permission to take this from Dr. Uh, Paul and Clara Hollis. Um, the book is This Means War. I've, I have messianized it and edited a bit, which I also have permission to do. Heavenly Father, in the name of Yeshua, I ask you to forgive me of anything I have done that displeased you. I ask you to cover me with the blood of Yeshua and fill me with your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit. Cause my thoughts to be your thoughts, my desires your desires, my will your will, and put a guard across my mouth and my mind that I can say no more or no less that I will think no more or less than you would have me say or think. Keep me on the path that you have laid out for me today and show me Satan's tactics in advance that I may not fall into his traps. Look, there are about seven, eight more paragraphs just for the daily warfare prayer. That's not counting the evening warfare prayer. I've got to tell you that we're going to have to talk about prayer again next week because I'm out of time. But I'd love to send you this 12-page booklet about prayer for any size love gift. Just call our office, 813-831-5673. Feel free to email me at rabbi 
at heartofmessiah.org. If you'd like to ask a question, suggest a topic, or, or just how, whatever it is, let's communicate. Let's see the Lord's work be done. So finally, I would say once again to you, may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah. Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.